Bill's famous G-Spread Studios in the downstairs pub. The Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air from behind the master control desk at the aforementioned downstairs pub. My name is Travis Carter. I'm your host and moderator for this evening. Over my right shoulder at the high top table, the big fellow of the tuna country, Matt Kempf, and bellied up to the bar, a man whose powers are beyond your understanding, the fabulous one, Freddie Benders. Fellas, how are we doing tonight? Just looking at Freddie over here, looking like a washed-up Chris Collinsworth. Like he yeah. just got out of a gutter. Got nice. my old throwback Bengals jersey on. Yeah. Old chain like Chase would wear. It looks like you just showed your boobs in, at New Orleans on Bourbon Street. That's how you, those, <laughs> That's not a gold chain, dude. Those are uh, those are booby beads. Hey, dude, this is old-school <laughs> fabric right here like they used to make them. Yeah. Good stuff. I can see through the eight and the zero, man. It's time to throw that thing in the trash. <laughs> Um, yeah, Freddie's going to throw that thing in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> right. He'll put it on the Indian in his garage. <laughs> uh, fellas, uh, it's good to have you guys back. It's good to be back on the air. Uh, we are on social media, on Twitter, as always, at BlockoutPod. That is at BlockoutPod. Um, fortunately, this week, fellas, uh, I don't think we have a musical legend or an athlete or anything like that to talk about an untimely demise or uh, or a legend of the music industry passing away as we've had the last three and four weeks. So we're already starting on a on, on a good foot, I think. All Instead, positives. I think that we should um, celebrate the beginning of an air. Uh, on this day in 1979 was the original air date for the first Dukes of Hazard. So... <laughs> Well, we damn, did, we didn't, Roscoe. We didn't lose it. anyone, and we gained a great show. That's right, <laughs> Crazy Cooter. Hey, uh, I give anybody uh, uh, five bonus points if you can name uh, the actor that played uh, Luke. Oh, uh, oh, Pat, not Patrick. Um, he sings country music. Uh, yeah, both of them do. Both of them do. One Snyder. One Snyder. He's that's Bo. Bo. Yep. That's, yeah. that's, um, that's John Schneider. John, John Schneider. Schneider. Not to be confused with Papa John. Um, I, I I'm gonna draw a blank. I don't know, man. Tom Wopat. Tom Wopat. Tom Wopat. I, I never would have got that. Tom Wopat. Okay, that's on me. I should have known that. <laughs> I'm a terrible human being. <laughs> well, that was just the kind of. Uh, Kind of trivia that we love to start the show with. I really wanted those five bonus points, too. <laughs> yeah, all you young bucks out there, if you didn't know, Dukes of Hazard came on at, what, 7 o'clock? It was on Friday night. Friday nights at 7, then you had Dallas, and then Falcon Crest. God, what a lineup. Yeah. Jeez. And 79, <laughs> and 79, God, I mean, that's golden age of television. You still had uh, Rockford Files. Oh, yeah, that was an all day. That, that was on every day. But in 79, it was still, that was on oh, no, the air. Oh, no, maybe it was just on Wednesdays, yeah. right? It was on yeah. like a Wednesday or something. Yeah. Rockford Files was like, uh, yeah. 
I don't know how we got off on this tangent. That's oh, fault. we could go forever. But, yeah, we could yeah. go forever. We could, uh, but we do have some sports to get to uh, this evening. Obviously, we are coming off the divisional uh, playoff round in the NFL. Um, had some really good, really exciting ball games. Had some that maybe didn't quite live up to the hype. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to start, Tuna? Uh, some that were boring. Well. Um, I say we can start with the um, the Freddie Benders uh, tuna steak bet, where I believe that I said that the Eagles Giants would be the biggest win differential of the weekend out of the games. I believe I that can't is true. Remember, did, did it pan out that way? Yeah, yeah. I went to Costco and got a couple ribeyes. Okay, okay. Just just making so. sure. Well, I mean. We can touch on that game. There really wasn't. Yeah, let's hit on that. Th- there's not really a whole lot to go into. It was just a dominant performance <laughs> from, from end to finish. Jalen Hurts. I don't think we have to worry about the shoulder injury. He looked as sharp as ever. Um, Devontae Smith's out running around like crazy. I mean, th- their defense. Just first a of all, great game plan all around. This defense. Let's, let's talk about it for a second. They have 17 guys on this team that are either in the Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl alternates. That defense has four guys in the front with double-digit sacks on the yeah, season. 75 sacks this year so that's, far. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, and, and we've seen that. They're going to pose a problem for anybody they come against. They're a buzzsaw right dude, now. Dude, let me – well coached running backs? I mean, they if they have one, they have two, they have three. I mean, they come from all over the place. How man. does you Boston can't... Scott – what does he have? Like, I think it's like 11 touchdowns, 11 career touchdowns, and what, eight of them are against the Giants? I don't yeah. know about those numbers, and but it's pretty close to Gainwell, that. Well, I mean, they're all – I mean, it, they just have an onslaught. Talk about – remember when we were talking about the Chiefs kind of have weapons may not be what you think they are, and there's a couple other teams like that. The Eagles do have weapons. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about Devontae Smith going off as skinny as he is, but he's tough, mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, wait a minute, they got A.J. Brown. Oh, wait a minute, they got uh, Goddard. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, they got three running backs and Jalen Hurts. And a uh, terror of an offensive line uh, to go with that. But, yeah, I'd kill to have guys like that on KC squad. Give me some A.J. AJ Brown or Johnson or and uh, Devontae Smith. Yeah, it, that, the Giants were just outclassed. You, like you said, they were they had a week to prepare, and it really showed. Real after you know. Yeah, that's not there. So or a week off, and if you will, uh, to get healthy and so forth. The game that uh, Tuna, I think, uh, rather presciently uh, said was going to be a very tough matchup. Uh, his Kansas City Chiefs and Jacksonville was. Uh, little bit more of a ball game than a lot of people might have expected, but I know that you thought that that was a tough matchup going into it. Well, there was um, obviously with the ankle injury and all Chiefs fans' stomachs went down to their feet. That was uh, that was a terrible moment. And uh, my biggest question that I have in this game. Didn't you feel it looked worse than what it is? Why did Doug Peterson not blitz? I understand that, that Patrick Mahomes may be the best quarterback in the history of the NFL against the Blitz, but he could not. Not on one foot. Not on one foot. He leads the league in passes outside of the pocket. In the second half of that game, he did not throw one pass outside of the pocket. Everything was in the pocket, and Jacksonville never brought pressure. 
I would have unleashed the the hounds on him and made him scramble. And I thought it was weird for the series that he didn't play when uh, the backup uh, uh, Chad Henney Henney when he came in uh-huh. from his own two yard line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was shocked that that they didn't just throw the kitchen sink at him on that entire series, but yeah. they didn't. They let him stand back there, get comfortable in the pocket. Kelsey he had was his, on fire. Hey, he had his one. He had his one moment in time, and it was uh, it was you know he orchestrated a wonderful drive. They score, and when that happened, I I, I mean, I thought that uh, Mahomes would probably come back in the game, but I thought you know if Henny has to come, if they're going to play defense like that, he can manage his team to a win. Yeah, and on that drive, um, and all credit to, to Chad Henny, uh, but that was a ninety-eight yard drive, but. Isaiah Pachanko had 72 of those 98 right. yards on one run. Right. <laughs> That's right. true. So, right. I mean, just, just to a throw that out there. forget about that. Yeah, that is true. That was, uh, that was a big and part of that. Pacheco play, he's, I mean, that guy has really changed my mind throughout the season. He's he's a tough, tough player who is also super fast and, how, and how elusive. How a guy who is really nobody at Rutgers? Like, I don't think he rushed for over 70 yards in a game while he was at Rutgers. And and just come out of seventh round Talent draft scouts. pick. You got a guy like that, and then you have a guy like Tyler Beatty at Missouri who rushed for sixteen hundred yards in the SEC and couldn't even make an active roster. Right? And I got picked up by Denver and played two games. That's at the all end talent of the year. evaluation. It's crazy, man. I'm going to toot my own horn here a little bit because I saw Pacheco play live a couple of times mm-hmm. when they played Indiana, and I told my nephew Colin. I said, that guy is going to be a good pro because he had something that you can just see when you're at the games. He had that. Don't forget I went to that game with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had that, that I don't know, that, that burst, that quick, mm-hmm. that you can see when you're at the games where you're like, man, that's a, that, that's a different kind of player. And I'm not sure that they used him necessarily properly. Yeah, okay. he, he wasn't necessarily well coached. Okay. Uh, when he was at Rutgers, because they were some, he was on some bad football teams. But he was a he was a good player his entire college career. I think the biggest knock on him right now is his pass protection. Um, and he struggles with that. If you notice in the second half of that game, um, Jarek McKinnon stayed in, and he kind of stayed back as Patrick Mahomes' personal protector. He was in the backfield picking up any kind of blitz or anything. Or not, that they, not that they were blitzing, but any kind of spy that was thinking about coming in. He he eliminated all that. That's why I'm kind of surprised that uh, Doug Peterson didn't bring the house. But I thought Mahomes had great – for the first time I've really – not the first time, but he I've, – I've never seen in a while, maybe since Super Bowl, whatever, when he won it, the emotion. He was so emotional in that game and fired up and just there was more of a fiery Mahomes. Like he didn't want to come out. He was pissed off about that. Uh they he didn't want he wanted to wait till the half before they evaluated everything. And I just never have seen that in him. He's usually so poised and everything. I don't know, man. It was fun to see him I, so emotional he's like and that fired quite a bit. up. That's that's Patrick I mean, I Mahomes. know. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't watch him yeah. as deep as you do when they're playing, but uh-huh. He just seemed like he was more fire. Maybe it was just the injury. Well, one thing you don't see that they don't show on SportsCenter because he's kind of becoming a new face of the NFL is how many times he gets into it with Eric Bieniemy on the sidelines. Those two go at it on a constant basis. 
And I think it's just the competitive nature of both of them and the intensity of the moment. But that's that guy gets fired up. He's a very emotional player. Right. So right. But I don't know, man. Um Chiefs win, they move on, and uh that game's behind us. You know us. what? The Jacksonville ran the ball pretty good against you guys, I must say. Well, I think a lot of teams run the ball against us pretty well. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that, there's more to come. That uh, James Hasty. Uh, <laughs> I thought James Hasty looked really good. Uh, no, yeah. No, dude, your defense looked great, I must say. The defense was solid and made the plays they needed to make when they needed to make them. Yeah, the Legarius Need scared me a little bit with the concussion, but he seems to be back and 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 he's not even on the injury report this week. So, all right, let's, let's move uh, on. Let's uh, so we got the breakdown from uh, Tuna and his Chiefs. Let's uh, go to Freddie's beloved Cincinnati Bengals and their huge win at Buffalo in the weather, um, a twenty-seven to ten victory that was. Uh, I would say fairly dominant from uh, from whistle to whistle. Uh, what did you think, Tuna? Yeah, I think one thing that we all knew, but we just turned a blind eye to it, was the lack of running game that, that Buffalo had. Um, you just kind of, in the back of your mind, you always think, oh, Buffalo can run the ball. Buffalo can run the ball. They can't. They can't run the ball. And and Josh Allen, who's obviously playing hurt, that that looked rough. He um he was out there throwing forty yard rippers with his wide receivers having to turn around, look up in the snow, and catch yeah, the ball. Yeah. That was just a poor when, game when plan. Did he get hurt. He's been playing hurt for multiple weeks now. Like he just does not look the same. How surprised were you? I don't think he doesn't look the same. I just don't think he's playing the same. How surprised were you that uh, Cincinnati's patchwork offensive line was able to hold up the way that that, they did? All right, that's my biggest takeaway is MVP. Ted Karras played his – is he any relation to Alex Karras? Sure would be cool if he was. I think he is. He's not? Oh, well, that would be really cool. Webster's dad. Webster's dad. Yeah. But his, uh, his, Ted Karras played his ass off, man. His father's from Indianapolis. I believe he played uh, high school football in Indianapolis. Oh. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Congratulations, Mr. Karras. Um, but, yeah, Ted, Ted played his butt off. He got hurt early on, and I think they strapped in a new brace on his knee, took the other one off, and then put a new one on, and he came out and he anchored down really well. Um, man, he, he was getting a big push. Uh you guys ran the ball really well. Mixon looked great. Hell, he was averaging seven yards of rush, damn near. And yeah. And Ryan when he was in. Yeah. P. I Ryan. mean, dude, this was an old-fashioned ass-whooping. Let's be real. Well, Burrow was in surgical, snow, man. At, in Buffalo, they were not prepared. They didn't look prepared. They, looked, they were on their heels from the get-go. From the first pass play Burrow had where he ran into the pocket, I mean – and dude, I'll give I'll give uh, Josh Allen credit because the first quarter he couldn't do sure nothing. Josh Allen's grateful. Well, I'm just saying I don't think he's hurt at all. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're he's a head hear, case. I, <laughs> I, I, I think something's wrong. I don't know. Ever since Hamlin uh, had his little issue, Buffalo hadn't been the same. Oh. I mean, he can. You well, know what I'm saying? To be fair, I mean, it's been very strange. Let's be. Uh, let, let me just say for legal purposes. Damar Hamlin did not have a little issue 
Demar Hamlin. No, no, no. You know what died I'm on the football. Well, wait, field. I didn't say little issue. Did is, I? Is, is he? A, I believe you no, did. No, I said before the the Hamlin issue. I is, think you is said Freddie Bender's issue. a head case. But no, <laughs> yes, I am. Inquiring but, minds but dude, want to no, know. No, no, gosh, I mean, I'm so happy that Hamlin is back and everything. But you know, I, I did love how they kept showing him on. up in the uh, press box, and all you could see was white. From the snow, you couldn't yeah. even see him yeah. or the family. Yeah. Yeah. But they, it was they, so the, cool that he was there. The camera kept me. trying to show him, and it was just like this blizzard coming down but, in front yeah. of him. Well, Josh Allen wasn't seeing him because, and and dude, for you to say that Josh Allen is uh, playing injured, I don't agree with you. I, think I haven't heard it. We're I about seen to find it. out he's going to have some sort of okay. surgery or well, issue. You can tell. You talking about like Will Levis injury? He's not or, there. Where he just plays. Uh, who is injured? Will Levis? You know who Will Levis? Never is? heard of him. So. uh uh, but all I'm saying is, is that that Josh Allen was not hurt because in the second quarter he pretty much was the only player on his team doing anything. Mm-hmm. He was running the ball. He was jacking people. He was trying to get extra yards. I was fully impressed on how he started running the ball out of the pocket. Well, he was pushed out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying Diggs was happy about it because he he still got 12 looks even though. He was not happy at the end of the game. According but to everything Josh that Allen was playing, I seen tough. this week. He didn't look hurt to the me. only reason the Bengals won that game was because of Eli Apple. According to Eli Apple, this week, <laughs> oh, that's the only reason the Bengals won that game. Something, uh, Eli Apple is the biggest. He shut joke down everybody. On the Bengals team. I, I I can't wait till they get rid of him. By the way, and everyone on here knows that I can't stand him. Uh, he is nothing but a poster boy. That likes to talk trash. He gets beat constantly and uses other players to help him in the backfield. Um, I believe it was the, uh, yeah, it was it was the Ravens game. Uh, Freddie, I sent a text to you, remember, and I said. When Eli Apple goes interception hunting, that is a recipe oh, for disaster. Dude, dude you wait and because see. he does, man. Uh, he he goes interception hunting uh, and if it he never gets, gets it, one. If he gets it, it's great. If he doesn't, it goes whoop and then, right the other way. Oh, I gotta dude. give him credit because for he being such Super Bowl. a bad player to be such a good internet troll. That's an amazing combination. <laughs> like that man has so much confidence in himself, and I, I just I respect the hell Dude, out of him. Dude, he's an Ohio State idiot. All right, that's what he is, and I can't. And dude, I'm I can't believe they continue to keep him because he doesn't do much on the field for us. To be honest with you, he made one little uh, touchdown saving tackle. I mean, who's game. who's his backup? Because he starts every game. Like, what do you mean? Like, who's his backup? Like, he's obviously got to be better than the guy that backs him up, correct? Well, well, I mean, I guess he's getting paid. It's an all-contract-worthy starting is what it is. Mm. He's got a fat contract. He's going to be on the field. I don't know about that. Winning Super Bowls uh, is going to be more than that dude's contract. But uh, I do want to jump on that another MVP besides the offensive line in that game, a guy named Hayden Hurst. Who oh, is yeah. coming on on the scene big time for the Bengals? I've been preaching about he him for weeks. He was all over the place. No chase to really talk about. He was out there making a couple plays, <laughs> some run running plays, so and so. Higgins played okay. Uh, our other wide receiver was n- nowhere to be found after the first catch of the game. So I give a lot of credit to Hayden Hurst, the offensive line. Mixon dominated. 
Um, I mean, good God, Higgins did catch a ball at one time or got a flag at one point in time, and I thought two Buffalo players were gonna. That leave was one the of game. the loudest hits yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah, they, they just it? both collapsed out on the field. Um, yeah, dude, dude, <laughs> the Bengals averaged six yards on first down in that game. Yeah, uh, it's unbelievable. So second and four, second and four, second and four. They didn't have a third down, I think, until their fourth possession of the ball game. It was either their third or fourth. I was actually uh, listening to the Bengals radio call and uh, the play-by-play man whose name escapes me right now. I know he it's, was on uh, McAfee this week. I know it's Dave Lapham is the color commentator who I have grown to love. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He was on Dan Patrick this week. The Bengals, yeah, play, play by play. play. Mm-hmm. He's very good. They're, yeah, he's great. They're a uh, they're a really good listen if you have a chance to listen to a ball game. But uh, I think his exact quote was, third downs are foreign to this team so far in this game." And Lapham <laughs> yeah. made a great. Hope he, they get their passports. He made a great point where he said the only thing that has stopped. Cincinnati against Buffalo in these two games, and this was almost at halftime, was the DeMar Hamlin situation because the Bengals were throttling them when that happened or appeared to be on their way. And uh, I just think it's a terrible matchup for Buffalo for whatever reason. And uh, the Bengals are playing great football. a terrible matchup for a couple teams. We'll Uh. get to that. Uh, we'll get to that. Tuna is shaking his head in disgust. How about the blitzes by the DBs for Cincinnati? You want to talk about blitzes? How about that blitz package? I think we in the need to move half? on to the uh, what? Wait a minute! Wait to a minute! The, uh, Wait a minute! Cowboys game. I just wanted to say that I thought that that was a fantastic defensive coaching for the Bengals. Is the way that they were coming in the second half? Don't know, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's hurt, Josh and Allen. that game doesn't even count. I cannot. And by the way, hurt. I hurt. Wanna, we can end it He's with hurt. this. Really I may bad. have to make. Tuna, steak dinner. But mm. everything I said last week about that game happened. I said 27-24. It was 27-17. And everything I said was going to happen. It was 27-10. 27-10. And everything I said happened happened. I just want to say, you got the Giants-Eagles game, mm. but I had that Bengals game. I know it's easier for me to say that since it's my team. Yeah, well, I didn't know Josh Allen was but hurt. We were the underdogs. He is not hurt. He's hurt real His bad. His feelings are hurt. Real bad. <laughs> His feelings are really hurt. Let's uh let's move on to the uh to the West Coast game. Thank God. The uh <laughs> the game that I was hoping uh would live up to the uh to the games from the early eighties, early to <laughs> mid nineties. Uh, I'm of course speaking of the 49ers Cowboys renewing their rivalry uh in the postseason. And Dwight Clark is crying right now. I didn't I I didn't think I mean it wasn't a great game aesthetically. The offense has struggled and then but but oh, but, but 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 I didn't necessarily think it was the worst game I'd ever seen. Credit to Dan Quinn who called the game of the century. That guy for he called such a great game for Back the off, defensive Tina. side. He really did. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to let Jerry ream this for a minute because Joe Burrow didn't play. Freddie's going to ream this one for a minute. Keep going, Travis. I want to hear what you uh, – Well, I I was just going to say that I 
I thought that the game got interesting at at different points. Uh, Maher uh, getting his extra point blocked, which Tuna talked <laughs> that about. That was great. Which Tuna talked Big about. Big money. <laughs> uh, and I believe you you took that bet. Yeah, I did. It was you uh, did. it was plus two fifty to miss a um, <laughs> a uh, extra point attempt. You had to be cracking up, dude. So, I mean, dude, that and as we all know, that ball. Was blocked, but it was. Going it wasn't going in. Hard. It was going to miss. No. Like Blocking it may swing. have been the best thing to happen to that guy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, because if he would have missed it hard left like that without it getting blocked. Yeah. I mean, Jerry Jones may have come down and, and rip his helmet off. I'm not quite sure what would have happened there. But Fred did have some thoughts. Uh, I had some thoughts on that game because I went from watching this awesome game of of emotion in Buffalo with snow and. And excitement. Maybe half of it was the announcers or whatever. And then went straight to the morgue. Because let me tell you something. This West Coast 49ers-Cowboys game, I was excited about it. But it had about as much zing in it as I don't know what. I mean, it was a boring game. There was, I'm telling you, there was a yawn, no urgency in the game. It was a typical West Coast, go through the motions. Here, here's your game plan. Dak, here's your game plan. One question. Uh, Where'd you watch that game at? It was so at? boring. Where'd you watch that game at? Home. Was you at home? <laughs> I don't think you were at home. No, I was at I was at the oh. uh, local pub. Well, you were at the local that. pub. How much of that game did you spend outside? No, I watched hanging all out, that talking game. to people about how terrible the game was. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. I did, and then I and you know what? I left and got an Uber. Okay. with four minutes to go. That's how excited I was. I'll, was what, I'll say 12, this: 19? the crowd was not. That's your typical Forty Nine er crowd. Oh my God! You could hear a pin drop in that stadium. Well, they're all and rich people that now, own internet companies. Now let's be real here, dude. So, two turnovers for interceptions for six points. So in the first half, there's two turnovers, intercepts for six points. This is what I hear Jerry Jones and and Dak. In the in the dude, this is what they're saying in the press conference. Uh, you just can't have two turnovers uh, and, and think you're going to win a ball game, dude. Newsflash: They scored six goddamn points off that. Six, two freaking field goals. Are you kidding me? You can't overcome two field goals. Those interceptions had nothing to do with the loss of that game. And that the 49ers game, 49ers got was a two field deal. goals. Oh, my God. Give me a break. This is big boy football. <laughs> Come on, dude. Purdy had 200 yards. Weak. Kittle, 95. Weak. McCaffrey, 54. Is he gimpy? Maybe. Yawn, yawn, yawn. Credit to Dude, Dan the Quinn game at halftime was 6 to 6. Then it was 6 to 9. And then it was laugh my. It was then it was nine to nine. I mean, it was the most boring game I've I've seen in the playoffs so far in the last ten years. Dalton Schultz, hey man, he had some really good plays, but wouldn't you think you would drag when no one's around you for ten yards and the game's on the line to try to catch the ball? Mouse, wouldn't you think you would? And Jerry Rice is in the stadium. Wouldn't you think you would drag your freaking foot? If just because you had the catch, 
Like, there was no urgency to make a game-winning play in that game that I saw. I think you're being a bit hyperbolic I'm not. here. I think, I think, I'm going to tell you right now, the 49ers are going to get drummed. No, I totally agree with that. Drummed. I completely agree with that statement. So, I'm over with it, but, dude, I'm going to But tell they're not going right to get now. drummed because that was a boring game. It was a, it was I enjoyed a, the hell out of that game. No, there was no excitement in that game. And I quite what, what really irritates me about it is I didn't think anybody played with urgency like I saw the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Eagles. There was no urgency. It was kind of like this go-through-the-motions kind of thing. Oh, well, it's 12-19. Let's see what happens here. Oh, well, uh, you know, well, I, I'm going to say Pollard going out with that broken. That was, right. huge. that was huge. That was a massive okay, game changer. Well, God, I didn't know Pollard was the Michael Jordan of NFL. I'm well, glad he's he would have brought excitement back. to it. I do agree that that was a huge thing in the game. In a low scoring game like that, that was a monster, monster loss. And uh, let's just keep in mind that the. That the game Freddie just spent 15 minutes extolling the virtues Actually, of. Actually, that was two minutes. The Bengals-Bills no, game. No, no, the Bengals-Bills. That was every bit of 20 minutes. I mean, Buffalo scored 10 points in that game. Did they not have any urgency? No sense of urgency. No, it was just. It was, they only scored 10 points. It was the, the amazing uh, defense by Eli <laughs> Apple. No, I think, I think <laughs> Buffalo was trying everything they could, and I felt like Dallas – just had this uh, sour game plan, mm-hmm. and nothing was working. It was like I think five I minutes in, you made up your mind that it was a boring game, and you stuck no, to that I narrative the throughout whole the course of it. Thing, dude. Ex- and I thought it was you, a great game, dude. And and by the way, not a great game, if, a good game. If, if uh, Pollard is your game plan changer, good luck winning a Super Bowl, pal, because it ain't ever gonna happen. Where, I don't think we're talking about winning a Super well, Bowl. Like, we're talking about the difference in that game. I know. You're saying that Pollard not being there was huge. Well, then Dallas has no <laughs> business being there if Pollard's their game changer. I mean, if that's your takeaway, then so well, be it. I get He's it. He's their best tailback. Saying. Absolutely. I mean, He's their really best should, running back. He shouldn't be their best tailback, but somehow he Why? is. I think Ezekiel What's Ezekiel Elliott getting paid? I don't care what they're getting paid. I'm saying Tony Pollard is a better back than Ezekiel Elliott. He's a more whether that should or shouldn't be. He's, has he's nothing a better to do catching and running, catching, and he's a better all better everywhere back. on the field than Zeke. All right, that's a good place to. Uh, he couldn't hold Mixon's nuts. Well, no, nobody can. <laughs> I mean, he's. I'm not kidding. Dude. He's the second coming of Gale Sayers, oh, if I've ever seen it. Dallas is horrible, and the 49ers are going to get drummed. I don't care about the West Coast. I wasn't impressed at all, and that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. And I guarantee you, people will agree with me. It was a bore fest. Hey, if you uh, agree, disagree, uh, look us up on Twitter at Blockout Pod. Let us know. I love kickers games. They're and awesome to credit watch. Credit to Dan Quinn for staying games. in Dallas, turning down head coaching jobs to stay as the Dallas defensive coordinator. Right. Did you watch all the kicks that they made in that game? Because they were yeah, exciting. I loved it. Great kicks. Yeah. There was some fifty yarders in there That's by a awesome. guy who was missing a lot of extra points. So. What I wanted to do was just quickly touch on the uh, 49ers-Eagles game, and then uh, we're going to discuss a few other things. And the end of the show tonight, uh, I'm just going to turn Tuna and Freddie loose to uh, preview and uh, discuss the big AFC championship game. Um, 
So 49ers, Eagles, I know both you guys have already made it clear that you think the Niners are going to get waxed. I think this is the easiest bet of the weekend is um, Eagles covering that two-and-a-half-point spread. That's uh, It does seem a little low. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy, I mean, he's looked great up until now, but reality is he's only played two road games in the NFL. And back at Iowa State, he was 21-4 and four at home and 10-13 and 13 on the road. That's a big difference, and that shows a guy that can't play in a rowdy environment, and nothing is going to be more rowdy than the link on a playoff Sunday for the NFC championship game. The kid's going to earn his stripes this weekend. If he comes out and performs, I will never say another bad word against Purdy, but he didn't perform last week, and I don't see him performing this week. That's my thoughts. Freddie, give me a dissertation on this. You agree with me? I, I agree with you. I love you. Let's hug. I, I, well, I agree when you said he didn't do enough to get done last week. He didn't because it was a kicker's duel. <laughs> but uh, put it this way. So on Monday morning, you find out, uh, by the way, the guy that had two sacks versus the, uh, uh, versus the Cowboys is on a domestic violence charge. Not sure if he's playing or not. Guess what, folks? Doesn't matter. That is a problem. That is a, what's it called, Travis, in sports? You say they're distractions. That is a distraction. Okay, that's a great way to start the week out for your uh, playoff game. Uh, then Mitchell, McCaffrey, both uh, a little gimpy. You got a calf. You got a groin with McCaffrey. They had, they didn't practice today. I'm sure they're both going to play because they're tough guys. And all credit, Christian McCaffrey has played basically yeah, his entire he's career with something. He's been right. playing with something. I agree. But it, all, put all that together with Purdy. Uh, and and just the uh, dude, the Eagles are gonna buzzsaw this team. I mean, there's really nothing else to say. Hurts, I think Hurts is my MVP pick for the year. Sorry, Patrick Mahomes uh, or Joe Burrow, Joe Cool. What about Josh uh, Allen? Uh, jo- no. Oh, I, maybe if he I, I think Hurts is the MVP. If he wasn't That's hurt, then choice. he'd probably have a shot. I have it. a vote. That's my vote. I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Hurts is my MVP, and he's gonna prove it in this game. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I agree. I, I wouldn't have a problem if he got MVP. I think he's had a great season. He hasn't had um, the yardage or the touchdown total. But anyway, he's uh, – And I really don't think – He hasn't played the amount of games either. I, I have a question for you. Do you all do you all think that – now, this is probably the biggest part of the game. Do you think Hurts is going to be pressured? Because we all know that if there is some positive to the 49ers, it is their defensive line. The, the you, thing is about Hurts, when you bring pressure, he's going to run on you. He's going to run on you. He's going to run on you. He's a tough quarterback to game plan for right. because he ended up being a better passer in the in the NFL than anyone thought was going to happen. Right. right. So, yeah, the, he's really – I mean, you you got to admit, being an Alabama fan, you didn't see that, that what, he was going to be have this kind of success in the NFL. No. Not no, at all. But I, I just – he's his legs are so strong, and he benched – he squats so much that he's that's how he wins his players over in the weight room and it show I'm not kidding it shows the way he runs uh-huh. the ball when he fall you want to see someone that falls the right way when he's running and someone that doesn't just compare him and Tua mm-hmm. jo, uh, dude Jalen Hurts is so strong pe- pe- I don't think everyone that plays against him understands it till they've played him that he's such a strong runner uh by the way, in the uh, in the blockout pod uh, drinking game, that's drink twice because uh, Freddie just 
compared to Tua and Jalen Hurts. Give yeah. me two. Last I remember the two being compared was Saban benching Hurts for Tua. Hey, so, Utah, I mean. give me two, two. <laughs> oh, I got more. I, no, don't. I, I don't know. But, no, I'm serious, dude. Jalen Hurts is, a, is such a powerful runner. I don't think everybody knows. When he hits you, he falls forward every time. I agree well, with that, and he doesn't need to be hitting people either when he's running the ball. No, but, not with his shoulder. No. But either way, I, I'm more or less talking about his accuracy as a passer, which oh, is I, and I agree with you there. That that's been very impressive. Getting him some wide receiver help up there has been huge. Um, I feel like his throws in college weren't. I mean, I I never knew he could throw the deep ball that good. Man, he did at Oklahoma. I know. Uh, well, that, maybe that's where he learned it. Yeah, he really spun it at Oklahoma, but that was against a lot of gimmicky like Big Twelve defenses, so it was hard to gauge it because every one of those guys in the Big Twelve are throwing bombs nonstop. Right. right. So, but if you told me that Jalen Hurts was going to win an NFL MVP or be in, in, no, a, nobody as a finalist, I would have never No one. That. No one would have thought that. No, it's, all it's credit crazy. to the kid. Yeah. I'd love to argue with you about that, but no, no there's no can't. nothing to argue about. So. And like I said before, we are going to uh, end the show tonight with the uh, discussion of the AFC Championship game. But I did want to uh, briefly touch on some college basketball stuff. Um, I got my top 25 right here. Well, first, firstly, I just, I did want to mention, uh, since we recorded, I think it was two weeks ago where we had a rel relatively spirited discussion about Kentucky basketball. They've ripped off four wins in a row. Indiana has ripped off four wins in a row. Yes. And my, uh, my sage advice from, Last week's podcast where I said just bet against Louisville in every game still holds true. I hope you all listen now, to me. There's a three-game stretch coming up here where you got Notre Dame this weekend and then Florida State and Georgia Tech. So be careful with those three. If there's ever three games that Louisville could maybe cover against, it's those three. And don't forget, though, let me, let me throw a little sidewinder on that. Teams that are on the bubble right now, like, say, Virginia Tech, who people probably didn't think would beat Duke, but they did. Teams like that that are on the bubble, in order to beat <laughs> a team like Louisville win. and it count in their favor as winning percentage goes, you got to beat them by 20. Absolutely. You cannot beat them by 10 and go, hey, man, that's going to help us out. It's going to hurt you. Louisville is single-handedly ruining schedules across so, yeah, the nation. Yeah, dude, and, and Corey <laughs> Alexander mentioned it on air on, during a game, literally said, uh, everyone uh, except one team. <laughs> like I'm telling you that Just teams, having us on your schedule drops you in Teams the, in are going to come in and try to drum Louisville. That, I mean, teams that are mediocre. And my biggest win of the season was on uh, was betting on Florida State against Louisville mm. earlier this year I, when I happened to be in Las Vegas. But uh, they uh, didn't let us down last night. They uh, failed Boy, to cover the one. spread by a half a point. Had to sweat that one, though. Um, but uh, I've had some fun. Can I jump in here real quick? Yeah, please. I've had some no. fun watching some teams uh, get really hot that have moved up the ladder uh this uh week or last two Kansas State man that team they man got ugly uniforms 
But, dude, they are playing some serious ball to get up to fifth. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I love that like, arena, TCU's man. I know, it's cool. Those those home court College of like, Charleston now's twenty one and one and moving up the ladder, you got Florida Atlantic nineteen and one. Florida Atlantic, uh coached by a guy that I know, Dusty May. Uh so shout out to Dusty shout and out. Florida Atlantic. And dude, shout out like Dusty. teams like UConn are surging downward, six losses now. Uh, Kansas has lost a couple. Uh, they're going down, coming into Kentucky this week. Uh, look at Gonzaga ranked uh, 14th. Who would have thought that at this point with with uh, Drew Timmy and all the guys they have on that team? I, I figured they would at least be in the top five. And we are back. Uh, we did have a bit of a technical glitch right there. Uh, I apologize for that, but... Uh, Freddie was just uh, talking about uh, Gonzaga uh, being 14th in the uh, latest yeah, I, poll. Yeah, I just thought it was a little surprising with Drew Timmy and all those weapons they have that they're, you know, having a little trouble in their conference already. So there's, um, you know, it, it's just that's how ba college basketball is right now, man. There's a lot of teams out there and a lot of people that, that – uh, feel like they can beat you at any given game. Um, then, But I also thought it was cool that, you know, even teams like Baylor are 17th, like, and, you know, they're always strong and normally in the top 10. But College of Charleston, 21-1. and one. Uh, Florida Atlantic, 19-1. and one. Shout out to uh, Dusty May of Greene County, Indiana. Uh, pretty much a neighbor of my actually a place that I coached uh many many years ago uh Dusty came through there and he's got those guys playing great basketball right now it's awesome um but it, but then you got uh and then you got you know the uh the Big 12 uh challenge Big 12 SEC challenge coming up um, yeah, I think the Tennessee-Texas game in that one's probably going to be the most intriguing out of that. The Kentucky-Kansas, two big names. Um, I don't know. Kansas has just been not playing good ball lately. Um, I don't know what, what's going on with them. Kentucky's on an upswing. Kansas on a downswing. If there was ever a time for the Cats to get them at Rupp, it's uh, this weekend. Right. I kind of like that Baylor-Arkansas Baylor-Arkansas could be fun. Because they're um, two tough teams that will – the injuries on Arkansas kind of concern me a little bit. And Baylor's playing decent basketball right now. What's um, What was the other one we, we talked about earlier? Uh, Missouri and... Oh, yeah. Missouri and... Is that K-State? No? No. Iowa State. Oh, I Missouri Iowa, Iowa State. Iowa State, yeah, Missouri. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Iowa State. Talk about a team that's turned it around. Right. That's a new coach out there that's just done a complete rebuild. Yes, you love them in basketball and football. Iowa State? Yeah, you do. Uh, you said that. Have really I been a big like, Cyclone yes, guy? Yes, you have. Huh. <laughs> Brock Purdy went there, too. I, well, I, I don't <laughs> think I've ever hyped up I, Iowa I'm State. Kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. I'm, I'm reliving some old moments, but. Uh, uh, even St. Mary's some is old in moments you had with some 20. other person besides me. <laughs> no, I, I can recall you go, loving that. You kind of like the big 12. Hell, you're wearing a Pokes hat right now. I'm a big, uh, you're wearing a big I'm a big hat. Gundy guy, man. You are. You're a man. You're 
fifty. <laughs> I'm not fifty still yet, dude. Nothing. I ain't caught up to you boys yet. Still have a mullet. I'm still in my ain't prime. Nothing has he? Yeah, well, he's he's, he's a fun guy. He's a, he's a great personality for college football. I'm a grandpa. I'm <laughs> uh, Travis, but I do think that though that the I mean those challenges are always fun, no matter what they are. Um, but I do think Kentucky. I mean, I kind of hit on that last week where I uh, tooted my own horn. When I said Seville Wheeler needed to hit the bench and the pine, and that has changed. And now that he's coming off the bench and has kind of taken that role, he's even playing better. Uh, where he comes in and gives us a little lift for three or four minutes, a couple turnovers will come with that. But still, I feel like that Kentucky altogether is uh, – also playing really good basketball. You know, um, that loss that they had to South Carolina is such a bad loss, and it's going to drop them just low enough when it gets to tournament time to where some poor team is going to get Kentucky in the first weekend, probably that second round, that should not have to be playing that team. And that is one of those games like – like a 7 and a 12 seed, or 7 and a 10. Like we talked about uh, – 7 and a 10's first weekend. The or most oh, uh, first game. eight and nine, the most improbable wins. You know, we we've discussed uh, how the Colts beat the Chiefs this year. Yeah, I look at that South Carolina game and go, "How did that even happen?" That's a quad four loss. Uh, that's yeah, I, it makes no they sense to me. That's terrible. not a not a good team. They're terrible. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but they seem to have uh, gotten something figured out. Uh, obviously, they they haven't well. They did beat Tennessee, but uh, other than that, they they haven't played a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know big time quality opponents. But they're winning games, and at this point in the season, you just got to win. And See? of course, and of course, we're gonna keep hitting on basketball as the playoffs dwindle down, as Travis has said before. So, and maybe a little NBA too. Correct? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh looking forward to that. And we're gonna have to hit on a little Australian open as it continues on too. Yeah, yeah. we've got American in the semis. We do. Yep. And uh That's tonight. Tonight. Three thirty in the morning. That's right. And I know you it, guys are gonna be up and watching. Damn that Australian open. That's where it gets you because it's so it's always in the middle of the night. <laughs> I know it. And it's, it's the uh, first major of the year, and it's like it's just hard to keep up with that well, tournament. It's not bad. I, I'm up for work in the morning at four thirty in the morning, so while I'm getting ready, I can have the match going on. Oh well, that's it, it true. Catch the end of it before I leave the house, but uh, yeah, they, they. I think ten thirty tonight is the um, the first match. What is that? Um, who's the Greek or Greek guy? Sipsis. Uh, Sipsis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and. Um, but anyway, that's that's tonight at Joker's 10:30. playing so good right now. It's just it's going to be so difficult for anybody to beat him. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's, he's just, taken he, that personal that he's had to sit out of it. Right. And so. he and he is all cylinders pumping right now. Couldn't agree more. Then when he's like that, it's hard to beat him from anybody. It's hard to beat even, him anytime. Even Nadal or any of those guys, it's hard to beat him when he's when he's on all cylinders pumping. I was just trying to look up uh, 
look up the schedule for tonight, but I can't necessarily find it. They don't make it real easy on here. But um, 3.30 a.m. I know is the Djokovic and uh, Tommy Ford match. Okay. And then 10.30 is the um, the first one. Okay. Yeah. So. But, hey, it's going to be fun. At least we got – we're all tennis guys, and that's all. Uh, first major of the year. Golf has been tough. Uh, Travis, we've been – I know you watched that golf tournament. You know, Rom's on fire. What do we got? The waste management in two weeks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm see, that's when golf, golf season starts for me. I know. Though. I love waste management. It's one of my favorite and tournaments. I don't know if you guys saw – did you guys happen to see the uh, – the uh, little altercation that oh, happened yeah. on the, uh, who on the driving range that? the other day. Oh, yeah. Screw Patrick Reed, man. Oh, he's what the a, worst. If he he's has the to be, worst. He's the Eli Apple of golf. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Guy. Like, I mean, dude, like. 4 p.m. On, on Christmas Day, they served the subpoena to Rory. Yeah. And let me tell you something. And I know that uh, some people that are listening may not agree with this or not, but Rory McElroy may be. My favorite professional athlete. Mm. I I love his candor, his honesty when he's in these interviews. And they asked him the other day. They said, uh, "Do you see yourself and uh, Patrick Reed having any sort of uh, a, a <laughs> reconciliation anytime soon?" And he just goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was that was brilliant. All right. I, I got to say one thing about the the live tournament, live, however you say it. L-I-V. Hate it or love it. One thing it has done is brought out personality in these golfers. It has created this divide where both sides are kind of talking trash back and forth to each other. And I kind of like the drama that golf has now. Three words I hate. Three things I hate in sports right now. Bill Rafferty? The live tour. Load management. And the transfer portal. Oh, good, because I love Bill Rafferty. I'm glad he wasn't on your list. Speaking of load, <laughs> speaking of load load management, let me do a 20 second tirade on that. Uh, Barkley Barkley was just on, by the way, not long ago, and uh, or not on here, but was on on air this week saying, calling the NBA the CBA. <laughs> I about lost my lunch laughing so hard because that's what it is. These bums. I tell you what, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard hasn't played half the season. If he gets in the Hall of Fame, I will go up there and personally stab him in the eye. I'm telling you, that, dude. <laughs> For uh, let me explain legal purposes, he's not going to stab anybody. He will in not the eye. actually stab okay. anyone. No, in the I won't. Eye. But talk about the biggest puss in the history that I've ever seen is is Kawhi Leonard who sits out. All these games, half the season, it's an absolute joke. Clippers, you're never going to win jack shit. Uh, And you know what? That gets me to one quick thing. LeBron James is getting ready to break Kareem's record. And, dude, I'm an MJ guy, Michael Jordan, through and through. I got jerseys. I got everything. I'm a Bulls man. And it's taken me so long to take in anything that LeBron James stands for, even though I know he's a great guy and he's great for the game and all that. But you want to tell I'll tell you one thing that that man has given me, that has earned my respect or I've, I'm going to tell you right now, 
Load management has never, ever been in LeBron James' category. Now, is he chasing records? Yes. But I'll tell you right now, that old dude plays his ass off every night for the fans and everybody else. And all these other losers in Anybody the NFL, NBA that have to sit out and not give the fans their due is an absolute joke. The NBA is a joke right now. Well, I couldn't agree with that more. All right. That was twenty second. <laughs> yeah, and I, I yeah. I'm not going to uh, get involved in this discussion because I have about thirty <laughs> minutes worth of rebuttals for Freddie there. But I'm, yeah, but I'm not going to get Take into that, that Freddie. Right now. Um, Freddie is uh, mostly just angry that uh, um, his NBA fantasy team has been. Uh, has been struck by this load management scenario, which Kawhi Leonard is on my NBA oh, fantasy team. team. He you is on my team. Is the, what's funny is that these guys have these uh, hamstring injuries, and then so Djokovic has a hamstring injury. He doesn't play. Then they decide to play him two games later. He has a freaking triple-double, 35-17-12. And, and then the next night, he sits out again. Oh, man, that hamstring's really hurting him. Now, here's the deal. I'm not, I'm not, that's not load management. That's just an injury where you're trying to keep an eye on it. Load management is literally keeping a player that is not hurt, that's old, crusty, and stale, and just keeping him alive for the for the playoffs. It's a joke. Maybe he overdid it on his hamstring a little bit when he you got think, that triple-double. You double. think the Detroit Pistons sat off? Every half a or, or three games out of eight, I, I'm just telling you, it's a joke, and it, no one will ever tell me any different. Barkley knows it; he's the spokesman for the for all us old school guys against all this bullshit that goes on in the NBA. It's a joke. Does all it this has nothing to do with fantasy? I'm telling you, the fans that are paying to watch those games are going out there and watching a bunch of lug nuts out there play. While the, while the top players are sitting their asses on the bench doing nothing but l looking at their phones. All right. I got to explain something to our listeners. Freddie has spent the last two days on his toilet bowl, and he, <laughs> he is extremely worked up because he hasn't had anyone to talk to. So he's getting it all off his chest right now. I'm done. Let's, so, see, let's move on. Why were you sick this week? Uh, I don't know. I think I got a hold of some something bad. I think that you've seen some video footage of Patrick Mahomes walking and jumping and running. And the fact that he was a full participant in practice may have made okay. you a little bit sick. I am, you they know called what? it the Cincinnati flu. That could be true. And that is a uh, that's a wonderful transition. I had to get us out of that NBA rant. Yeah. Uh, that's a wonderful transition to get into what uh, I really want to hear you guys talk about. And I'm sure a lot of people uh, that have been following our podcast would love to hear you guys talk about. I want your unabashed breakdown of the AFC championship game. Freddie's Bengals, Tuna's Chiefs. Tuna, the floor is yours. All right. The way that I look at this, and I'm going to be completely be honest. honest, I'm not going to just trash talk. Right, this and is, I'm not either. This is pure honesty. Yes. <laughs> I think the Chiefs are in trouble. 
And the reason that this is, is not because the Bengals have owned us the past three games, which I admit that they have. It's the fact that Patrick Mahomes, even though he looks and sounds healthy, his damage comes from extended plays. He is not going to be able to do that this weekend. For the Chiefs to win this game, they have to play lockdown defense. Spagnola has to dial it up, and I'm not 100% confident he's going to be able to do that. I don't know. Miko Hardman has been practicing this week, and Jody Fortson's been, been practicing. I think they're both going to come back and play. Miko Hardman could be an X factor. He could be. Whether or not I'm going to rely on him to do that, I don't see it. The way I look at it, we can't beat the Bengals with a healthy Mahomes. I don't believe that we can beat them with a gimpy Mahomes. So I'm not going to buy into this. The spread on this game has moved. Oh, all over. I can't. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, we're talking in a matter of 72 hours. The Chiefs have went from a a two-and-a-half-point favorite to a a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Now they're back to a one-point favorite. It's all over the place. Computer rankings have the predicted score here is Kansas City 29, Cincinnati 19. I think that's taking numbers with a fully healthy Patrick Mahomes, so it's hard to to throw that in there. Um, Joe Burrow looked surgical last weekend. I'm really concerned. If he just gets back and he he gets the ball out of his hands quick, because I know Spags is going to be blitzing like crazy. If he's quick on his passes, they can they can really hurt us. And uh, I think we're kind of playing with house money this weekend. I don't think we're I don't think we can win this game, and that's uh, my honest assessment. And what's funny is we're both thinking the same thing. Now here I am looking at all this locker room material that some of these idiots like Apple have thrown out uh, about Burrowhead Stadium and all this. And and the more I think about it, is I think that why they, would you say that? By the way, I know that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would you do that? I have no earthly idea why. And um, I, I know why. I know Joe, and I, Joe I've, Burrow I've, I've, wouldn't do it. I've I know stressed on why they do this over the past what three episodes about right, how the trashy they, know, they are as a team and as well, a fan I'm not base. Saying the whole <laughs> so team. that's why now, wait a minute. this is no surprise that this is happening. Now wait a minute. The team has not done this. It is one idiot. Maybe a couple guys that were all cocky, but mm. I haven't ever heard anything come out of Joe Burrow's mouth, and you never well, you will. You can't because he's Rain Man. And I've already seen T. Higgins do Rain his Man thing. was great at blackjack. And Joe Burrow's great at football. Okay. They both buy their underwear at Kmart. They're incredible savants. We love them. I will throw an interesting stat at it, and I was trying to be humble. Talk about no emotion. Uh, When's Joe Burrow going to show emotion? Dude, he sits over on the edge of that bench. He don't look at papers. He don't look at plays. I don't think he he understands emotion. He ices at Joe Cool. Uh, Let me give you a stat that I found interesting. The Bengals are 11-0 when scoring first. So if that happens, you're definitely in trouble. Hmm. Uh, they are five and fourteen since nineteen sixty eight to two thousand twenty in the playoffs. Five and one since Burrow has arrived. Um, let's see here. I'm see go logical and, and logical now, fans. Now, now hold wait on. a minute. Now wait a minute. There is a Chiefs guy that's been talking trash right back. Willie Gay. 
And I think that's because Apple got him into doing that. But here's the thing. Let's talk about the game for a minute. Mm-hmm. I agree with what you're saying, but I also agree that the that the Bengals are maybe going in a little overconfident, if you will. And I think Arrowhead's going to be super loud, loudest maybe that it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... The I don't I'm not quite sure the offensive line will play as well as they did. Here's I'm a little I mean I'm I'm on my heels I'm, like you're on. Your I'm telling heels. you one key factor in this game is whether or not Trey Flowers plays in this game. Trey Flowers has been the guy historically in these three matchups between the Bengals and the Chiefs who has kept Kelsey in check. He's only given up one touchdown to Kelsey and he's held him to four catches on average per game in those. He may not play, which could be a huge loss for Cincinnati. Right. That, in my opinion, is a game changer, whether he plays or not. He's the one guy with the size to match up with Kelsey out, out of your backfield. Oh, I'm with you. I'm more worried about Jones. I, I think Chris Jones yeah, up front. I'm worried about Chris Jones. Chris Jones is yet to he get a playoff, sack, a playoff which sack, which is crazy to me. And I got a feel he's going to get one. Frank uh, Clark has been on a tear. He's a guy to watch. And the rookie from Purdue, George Karloftis, has been kind of an unsung hero on that line. Like, that guy's playing great. Isn't he a senator? George Karloftis? <laughs> Sounds like one. I don't know. I think I bought a used <laughs> truck from him once. But No, he's one of those Purdue bums. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. But I know, I know the, I know the <laughs> like audience, audience is kind of bummed that you and I are literally coming in on this battle now on our heels, but it is kind of strange I can't, that we both are. I can't talk trash like, about your team because it's a good team. This game I can is just talk be. trash about you guys just There's, being trash. It's just so hard to call because, yes, we did go in there last year and win, and you're going to try to do it all over again. I just don't know if that's possible. I hope it is, but that is against a team like the Chiefs to come in there in their house and and have won the last three games and then come in there extra cocky and overconfident. I have a bad feeling. And last year in that AFC Championship game, Kansas City was dominating that game until about the last twelve minutes. Yeah, it changed, and the Chiefs just. They took their foot off the gas, and they played conservative, and the Bengals came back and, and, and got us. I, I don't know. I, I'd like to it think might that – It come down to Scooter and Butker. I'd like to think that Andy Reid has something really special dialed up for this, but sometimes when you get a little too special and a little too cute with those ring-around-the-rosy plays that they've been pulling off, I, uh, I don't know. So this game scares the crap out of me, man. Yeah. Other I mean, than that. I think Pacheco is going to be an X factor in this game, too. The Buffalo had no running game, and he's definitely going to be running. So uh, that may open it up for Mahomes a little bit. I'm, I'm worried you know, about if, him if the and Chiefs, Chris Jones. Those if the are Chiefs pull this I'm win off, about. I'm never going to let up on you that a gimpy Patrick Mahomes beat you. So you got to find the angle to come at me at. Okay, Just well, a heads up in I'm advance. I'm not quite sure how gimpy he really is. Oh, he's gimpy. It was a high ankle sprain. That's usually like yeah. a six-week um, recovery I don't time. Know. I saw him practicing today, and he was jipping around, running He's off of the cameras, buddy. Yeah, I, I think they're making it a little bit more than what it is. <laughs> 
I, you I'm see, serious. he couldn't even hand the ball off last weekend without almost falling down. He played the whole game. You watched him, like I, I mean, said he didn't earlier. Play the whole game. He played, like he I said earlier, in. man. Like he finished the game. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he finished the game. He's hurt, just like Josh Allen didn't hurt. You guys are getting all these Josh hurt Allen quarterbacks. Is definitely he's hurt. hurt. He's hurt. That's a phantom thing you've come up with, like the LSU. No, you're right. Sex he party. is definitely hurt. <laughs> LSU had a sex party. You're just mad that you weren't invited. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. <clears throat> That's enough on Travis, that. you want to throw in a little shout-out to the Hall of Famer? I did. Uh, we discussed this just uh, a little bit before uh, we started recording tonight. They had the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame uh, voting was this week, and Scott Rowland was elected to the Hall of Fame, which, by the way, if you have not seen the – uh, the footage of him letting his parents know that he made the Hall of Fame. Uh, I saw it on Twitter. It was really cool. It's worth a couple minutes of your time. Uh, I am a huge Scott Rowland fan. He is currently the, I uh, believe he's the Anyone director. Be. I believe he's the director of player development or player personnel or something for Indiana University's uh, baseball team. He does a ton of stuff for the local community. He's from Jasper, Indiana. Uh, I was really pleased for him to make the Hall of Fame, whether, uh, you know, I'll leave it up to other people whether they think he deserves to be in the Hall or not. But I, for one, am uh, thrilled that he made it. Tuna, what do you think? I think what I, I, I definitely believe he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And what we, what I think, a bad thing that's been happening it's a trend lately is whenever a guy gets inducted into a hall of fame people immediately start talking about the guys that got left out as opposed that's to appreciating true. the guys that got in true. and i think instead of poo-pooing on roland's big day we should just appreciate him because he was a great player to watch and and i 100 percent believe he deserves to be in there Right, right. I mean, you can't like. I know that he. I, I noticed someone threw a stat. Well, he never finished in the top ten in MVP for seventeen seasons. But there's a. I looked around a little bit. There's quite a few guys that haven't been MVP mm-hmm. that are in the Hall of Fame. And I'm talking guys that won championships on on championship teams. I think it's so human forth. nature that people become instant contrarians as soon as something like yeah, that happens. But he was in the playoffs a lot. Uh, I mean, at least he was with the Phillies and the Cardinals. And the Cardinals, obviously. He got so. and the Reds, two and World Reds. Series. Yeah, with the, with the yeah. He was, I mean, he was on the last Reds teams yeah. that that yeah. that did anything. Right. Yeah. And as soon as he as soon as he left, I mean, it wasn't just him, but as soon as he left, that that entire outfit went right in the tubes. Yeah, they had a full on fire sale. <laughs> So apparently he is. Uh, we were asking earlier about uh, how old he was. Apparently he's forty-seven years old. So uh, just a little bit younger than me. Uh, but I was really, really thrilled for him and for his family. And uh, so good on you, Scott Rowland. Absolutely, I'm, I'm well happy deserved. for you. Well deserved. Um, I think that pretty you much do a bat real quick. Well, we'll no. We're getting there. Oh, okay. Uh, I just wanted to remind everybody, uh, we are on social media on Twitter, at BlockoutPod, at BlockoutPod. 
We thank each and every one of you for listening every week. Uh, shoot us some feedback. Let us know what you like, what you don't. Uh, make sure you argue with Freddie about his whatever his ridiculous take of the week might be. <laughs> Any, anytime uh, your wife asks you to go on a picnic and you want to sit that one out, think about load management. <laughs> <laughs> um, think about what you're going to get, what she's going to say to you. <laughs> I'm going to start uh, with uh, my ongoing bet from last week, which I'm going to stick with. Uh, continue betting against Louisville basketball. Uh, that is my uh, number one piece of gambling advice to you. Uh, I'll circle back around and come back to me for a uh, football choice. Uh, Colin, my nephew Colin, our uh, every week guest picker, selects the Eagles minus two and a half and the Bengals plus one. Tuna, what do you have for us? All right. Since 1980, the outright winner of an NFL championship game is 72-11-1 against the spread. So basically all you have to do is pick the winner according to the trend. I think the Eagles win and cover. I think that's the surest bet. When it comes to the Bengals-Cincinnati, not going to touch the spread, not going to touch the money line. I am going to look at the props. I'm going to look at Kelsey, if Trey Flyers does not play, to get over six receptions. I think that's probably the safest bet of the day. I'm going to ride the Kelsey hot hand. I like that bet, actually, because I was going to think if you said yardage. That's if Trey Flowers does not play. I'm not sure, quite sure that I would take that. But because no. the Bengals have historically played pretty good on Kelsey. Absolutely. And like I said, Trey Flowers is the the key to that bet. But that's a that's that's a good bet. And I didn't know Flowers was gimpy, uh, but I'll have to keep an eye on that. He's more likely he to not play than he is to play. Okay. I don't think he's all practiced right. all week. No, I um, – I'm definitely high on the horse with the Eagles. Obviously, I mean these are easy bets. So Eagles and uh, and uh, of course I'm going to go with Bengals. Hmm. For a guy that was just sitting here saying that he was scared, that scared of that game, and then that's your sure. Well, bet. I am, but I mean I'm going to bet them. Oh no, we were talking sure bets. Oh sure, okay. Well, I like that. My sure bet is the Eagles. Okay. Minus the points versus Philly. I mean, versus uh, 49ers. And I'm just going to be a contrarian if for no other reason just to come back here next week and go, I knew it, although I'm probably not (laughs) really betting this. But I will take the 49ers. Okay. And just hope, just hope for a – I just hope for a good game. I hope there's not a lot of defense in this so I don't have to hear about how boring it is. I just I hope it's like sixty to seventy two or something. I don't like think that. the 49ers that's can handle the code, quite frankly. If you want that, that's part of it. I don't too. know if they don't show any sense of urgency. Well, they sure can't in the sunshine. <laughs> Maybe they can in the cold when they got their uh, gators on. Mm. <laughs> uh, who's Bama playing that uh, Big Twelve challenge? Take a drink, everybody. <laughs> no, that's no. I'm talking basketball. Who's Bama playing that? They got a uh, turd. I think it's Texas Tech or something like that. It's a turd team. No, Oh, is it? Okay, never mind. Maybe it's not. No, it it is a turd team. Let me look it up. Okay, no big deal. They play Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Give me Bama versus Oklahoma, and I'm giving the points. I like that one, too. And we don't even know what the spread is yet. No. But he's taking the points. They're going to throttle them. I love it. All right. Uh, 
Tuna, do you have any closing thoughts this week? I don't, but if you need to spray paint anything in the uh, general area of Cincinnati and Louisville, um, I would go on and get your spray paint now before game time and the Cincinnati fans huff it all. And that's all I've got. <laughs> Freddie, Freddie, well, closing I, thoughts. I already went on my rant, so uh, that was going to be my closing thoughts. Uh, I already went on uh, the, the three things I hate in sports right now. But, uh, but no, I'm pretty much uh, – I'm just ready to get on with uh, the season. I'm ready for – I'm ready for a Bengals Eagles Super Bowl matchup. Talk about a terrible matchup, man! That defensive front against that offensive line. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, I think everybody that wants a good Super Bowl needs to pull for the Chiefs this weekend, so we get a Chiefs Eagles well, matchup. Why would that be any better? Well, we could at least block them. I mean, your defense definitely ain't gonna stop the Eagles. All right, that's enough for tonight's show. Well, I I can't wait uh, for this weekend. I can't wait for next week's episode where we can recap uh, what ends up happening this weekend. Uh, it should be really, really good. should be exciting. Uh, I have no rooting interest in this, although I am going to hold Freddie to uh, cooking me a steak when he has to... Uh, when he has to cook one for tuna as well. Yes. I definitely will do that, sir. And actually, Travis is also a great uh, steak griller as well. So we'll, we'll all do it together. Yeah, well, I'm going to take the night off because I feel like you owe that to okay. us, <laughs> well, tuna, Why gonna... are you trying to pawn the bet off on <laughs> Travis thought, cooking steaks? I thought you were going to give me uh, some uh, some props on coming in like MJ in the flu game today, man. I, I came in a little... Under the weather, yeah, Cincinnati flu. You texted me an hour before and said that you're back and you're feeling 130 percent, and I take it. full credit for that for giving you the pep talk that I did. And, and folks, if you really could have heard it, he was saying how Cincinnati's got a great chance to win. That really lifted my spirits. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget that that Indian in the garage is a chief, mm. pal. The Indian's going it's in the fireplace. <laughs> On that note, fellas, uh, it is time to end this week's episode. Uh, we do always want to thank everybody that listens. We are on social media on Twitter, at BlockoutPod. That is at BlockoutPod. For the big fellow, the tuna country, Matt Kempf, and the fabulous one, Freddie Benders. From behind the master control desk in the Bill's famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub, this is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody. <laughs>